back to another episode of What's the Word? What's the Word? What's the Word? Taz, what's the Word today? What, the Word today, we are all about Jesus Which today. I'm excited about. I'm excited. I feel like how many times do we start an episode talking about how excited we are? But like genuinely, like we've been talking about how we're trying to build this foundation right. in place because you and I can, as we've proven, get off on some really nerdy subjects and things like that. But there's a, there's a level of wanting to bring everybody to the table of the conversation about what we're doing and what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And as we lean into Jesus, Jesus. And particularly, right, we've covered a lot of who he was mm-hmm. rather than starting where most people do of what he, what he did. did. And, and I think, at least for me, when I think about this, it's one of those, like, where I'm going, okay, in my life too, if I didn't know who Jesus was, okay, if I didn't know that he was God in the flesh— right? If he was just some other random dude, then I would really treat what he did like I do any other random dude in history. Probably. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm going to study. And this is why it makes sense then, right? That people out in this world, they're going to look at Gandhi and Jesus Mm -hmm. and whoever in the same light, Martin Luther King Jr., something like that. Because they're all just dudes that were trying to do this peace thing. And today, as we really talk about the difference of what Jesus did— that's where it's like, no, seriously, like this, this is, is why this is such a big deal. This is different. And before we jump into that, because I mean, this is how we like to start all of our episodes. Yeah. I want to point us back to Psalm 19, 100%. 14, um, because it's very important that we take in the whole counsel of God, which is Jesus. And so Psalm 19, verse 14, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. And those words have such a, a powerful impact for the topic that we are talking yeah. about, for what we're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, because, like, again, why do you care what Jesus says, his words, his words, if he was like, just a good dude? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's where, like, so often when I'm working with students or something, like, this is a big thing that we'll talk about. Like, even today, I remember teaching class and I was sitting there going, like, Okay, there's a reason why we're still talking about Jesus because he's kind of a big deal. I don't even remember. We were in, uh, toward the start of Jesus's ministry, actually. And I always, it's kind of funny, Dallas. So folks listening, folks watching, like we're structuring it today. When we talk about what Jesus did, we go back to when we did the big picture of scripture, right? right? And we said, when you really want to summarize what Jesus did, he came, he died, he rose, he ascended, he's coming back. That's right. Right? Less than 10 seconds, I can tell you everything you need to know about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I started that. Anytime I do a devotion with one of the gospels, so one of the, uh, I'm trying to think again, like I have every single time, Dallas, this is our Ethiopian eunuch. Right. What are you talking about? Clarify what you're saying. So one of the books that recorded Jesus's ministry, death, and resurrection, mm-hmm. right? That's the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right. So they're historical accounts of mm-hmm. everything Jesus did and taught. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anytime I'm in one of those books and that's where we're pointing to, I'm like, okay, let's open it up, read it. Let's look at the context. And I was looking at context today, Dallas. And so we were in Luke 7, I think. Okay. So I was like, okay, let's go a little bit forward. Uh, let's see. Okay, a centurion comes to faith. Someone tell me, what's a centurion? I was like, what? You got to, what's yeah. a centurion? And that's where we started. Yep. And it was Roman soldier. Mm-hmm. Oh, so someone not of the faith, not mm-hmm. of the Jewish faith, mm-hmm. which is what the Jesus was, a Jew. Right. So following this religion that's recorded in the Old Testament, that trust in the Hebrew scriptures, all the, what we call the Old Testament here. But this guy's outside and he comes to faith in Jesus. Uh, then what's next? We have the raising of uh, the, the widow the of Nain's son. son. 
Okay. And I said, is that a big deal? They said, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it is. Kind of a big deal. I, I mean, mean it, I didn't raise anybody from the dead today. Well, so. that, that moment, right? Yeah. Like, I, it always strikes me. Like, for those that aren't familiar with this one, again, this is early in Jesus's ministry, mm-hmm. which is connecting to, right? This is what we're doing. We're talking about what Jesus did and mm-hmm. why it's kind of a big deal. And some of this is just super easy, big deal stuff. Dallas, I didn't know we were going here, but I love that we're going here. Because it does summarize. Trust me, I didn't know we were going here he either. Came, yeah, but it summarizes what he came to do, right? Yeah. So yeah, you have his birth narratives in mm-hmm. Luke and Matthew. Mm-hmm. Interesting that they both start there. We've talked about how funny John is last time. And then you have uh, Mark's going to start on the scene. He's going to go because uh, the guy that wrote down Mark, we refer to him as John, John Mark. Mark. And uh, we would say that he learned from Peter. So I kind of call Mark Peter's gospel. It's not the gospel of Peter because Peter didn't write it down, but John Mark would have learned from Peter. And Peter's very in your face, let's go kind of guy. I like Peter a lot. Absolutely. (laughs) He has some impulse issues. Yeah. But he's all excitement, (laughs) all action, all this other stuff. And so that's exactly where Mark's gospel starts. Mm -hmm. Like you're hitting the ground running with it. Yeah, let's do it. Matthew and Luke give you a little bit more of the birth narrative, which Mm -hmm. is really important. And we've hit both of those when we talked about the names of Jesus, right? right? And what those mean. His, and on our last episode, his humanity. I mean, you it's hard to have, aside from Adam, which we talked about in the big picture scripture, mm-hmm. uh, Adam, who was created fully grown and fully mature, um, we don't see that with Jesus. So his humanity is very, I think that's very important for us because he didn't just appear on the scene full grown and ready to, to do that. So he- He's not a Benjamin Button, yeah, no, exactly. No, 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 yeah. he, was, he, he was conceived, he was- uh, housed, for lack of a better word, he was sure, he was, he was protected utero, by his mother's yeah, by yeah, his mother's womb. Yeah. He was delivered, um, and and you know, and it's hard when I have I have kiddos, you know, and they were babies at one time, and every mom, most most every mom, looks at her newborn and thinks that she is holding an angel. <laughs> and I mean, they, you know, then they turn three and you realize that you're not. Is it three? I've heard terrible twos. No, no, twos are a cakewalk. Three, three is bad. And, but you have this, this infant that looks to be perfect. Okay. And then, uh, and, and what is awesome in its truest sense of the word awesome is that Jesus allowed himself sure. to not only be confined by a body that, is full grown and looks like yours, but to be confined by a body, the body of an infant. And he had to cut teeth, okay? He had to learn how to walk. He did, so we see his humanity as he's growing up. He had sure. to follow He had to follow the rules set in place by his mother and his, his earthly father, okay? He had to follow the, the rules and, and laws and customs of the time, okay? So he allowed himself in his humanity, which is what we talked about on the last episode, to be subject to all of that. Sure. And his divinity didn't need that. Sure. His divinity, in his well, divinity, he didn't need that. it goes back to the last that. episode we had Philippians 2, yeah. right? Like, who in the likeness of God did not count equality with God something to be attained. Right. So again, he's setting aside for, for a time, right? For because a time. this is good, right? Because I think sometimes we get, I, I have at least found myself in conversations with people where they get so lost in the stuff that's not written in the Gospels. Yeah. So it's the stuff of like, oh, so Mary had to change Jesus and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, not really relevant. Not relevant. And it does that take away from the bigger picture of, of what he did? I mean, no. No. Right? It's just because he's a human, he's right? He's a human. So he— And, and, he, and, and he, he, I believe that he did that 
uh, for our sake. Yeah. For it was something for it was something for us. But especially in the spirit of the podcast, right? We're so we so laser focused in and on what the word actually says about mm-hmm. Jesus. And for whatever reason, like God did not feel it was important to to document his childhood his, his for the most part, years. his teenage years, mm-hmm. and his young adult years for right. the most part, because Jesus comes on the scene, Gospel of Mark, and he's thirty. Like right. around 30 years around old 30. is what we guess. Mm-hmm. Died around the time he was 33 years old. Three years of ministry. I always point that out to people. Yep. And it's so funny. If you were to tell me I had three years of ministry, I would not do it the way Jesus did. No. Right? No, I Because I've would been be... a pastor now for seven years and I could use a lot more rest and mm-hmm. prayer retreats and all these things. So, and this is, this is where it's important. When we think about, especially as we get into, he came, he died, he rose, he ascended, he's coming back. And especially in the he came, I love pointing out the differences of perspectives, right? Okay. And I think this is so key of the gospels. Yes. Right? Because if you and I uh, and two other people, we'll just go with that. If we all witnessed some significant event, mm-hmm. I don't even know what, like, I mean, I'll even just go to a sporting event right Like now. I was thinking Grand Slam. If we yeah. witnessed a Grand Slam. Exactly. You're going to tell it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell it from my perspective. These two folks are going to tell it from their perspectives. Yep. We're all going to have seen different things, heard different things, remembered different things. And we were 1,000% going to tell it a little bit differently. Right. Right? Because of perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not to say, friends, that like this is not, the, this, this is the inspired word of God. Right? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all telling what God wants to be right. known in uh, their own their voice, own perspective, and voice, mm-hmm. right? As they're telling the significance, and each one is kind of nuanced in a fun way. Yeah. And and Dallas, you cut me off one I'm of sorry. these episodes. You're good because it was like, okay, let's stay no. on it. But this is so relevant for this conversation today. Bring it. I'm a Harry Potter nerd, all for it. Okay? Me too. And so What's I divide. Uh, we'll talk about it mm-hmm. with the Gospels because the four Gospels, and this is not me originally. It's a buddy of mine named Andrew, Andrew Jones, and he wrote a good book that I haven't read yet, but I have it. I'm going to read it. Uh, uh, 10 questions uh, everyone should ask when they're reading the Bible. It'll be another conversation okay. another time. Sticky note. On the board. And anyways, you can divide the the four gospel writers into the four houses. You got Matthew. Matthew is someone who is so concerned with making sure everyone knows that this Jesus, as we've talked about, is the Messiah. Right. Is the one who came. The Old Testament was pointing to him. He's from the pure line that God said would be there the entire time. So since he's so focused on purity of the line and things like that, he's a Slytherin, 100%. Okay? Mark. Mark is your in the face. Peter's gospel. We've talked right. about this. And he, he is, let's go, let's go, let's go. He's bold. He's courageous. He's Gryffindor. your Gryffindor. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My boy, Luke. Okay. Okay. My boy Luke's going, because think about it, you were referencing Adam and because mm-hmm. there's friends, there's there's genealogies. Okay. So we love genealogies we do. today. We love tracing it back. So Matthew has a genealogy and Luke has a genealogy. Matthew being Mr. Pureblood, that's a Harry Potter reference for anybody that right. doesn't know what I right. mean by that. He goes back to Abraham because he's trying to make mm-hmm. sure, look, this is our boy. Right. That was promised that we're going to. Mm-hmm. Luke goes all the way back to Adam. Adam from the very beginning because Luke's point is, Everybody is welcome. Right. Everybody's welcome in the Jesus family. So you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I gotta say and, Hufflepuff. And so, exactly. So he's your Hufflepuff, right? The Hufflepuffs in the Harry Potter series are pretty much where everybody falls that doesn't fall into one of the other three categories. Right. Luke wants everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. Luke is giving you every detail you need to know in history. So he's the longest gospel, yeah. one of the longest. John's longer in a different way. We'll talk about him. 
But he's long because he wants everybody on the same page. So everybody can go, oh, when Quirinius was governor of Syria, he's not going to give you just some random Jewish secret. No, it's going to be something that you can... Ground in history. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you got John. We talked about our boy John last time. He hurts your brain with the way that he talks. In the beginning was the word. And the word word was was... God and the word was with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's your Ravenclaw. He's your philosophical guy that you have to go... Huh? It's blowing my mind right now that I never thought of that because I'm one of the biggest Harry Potter nerds. Good. And, and now, we, now we have even more nerdiness I together. I know. So, but this is so important because as we go through these things, this is, this is why. So backtracking, okay. Luke 7, Luke 6. This morning we're in devotion class. Right. So I keep going all these big things. Well, in Luke chapter 7, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, we meet him in Luke chapter 1 with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is pregnant with John, mm-hmm. and then Mary marries her cousin. Right. Her sister. Yeah. So that's yeah. Yes. And cousin. so, and Mary is. We learned uh, she has conceived Jesus, mm-hmm. and so there's this joy leaping thing. Anyways, John the Baptist, he's the forerunner. He's the one that is getting everybody ready, saying, "Prepare the way of the Lord." Things like that. That's where Mark starts. That's mm-hmm. where the ministry starts. And John, a little later in the ministry, Jesus has started his ministry. He's getting these incomplete reports of what's going on. But like, man, a centurion's coming to faith. Uh, this raising the widow's son, holy cow. You know, was that bad? Can I say holy cow? No, you're good. Do we know where holy cow comes from? No, we're not going to talk about that today. It's Exodus. Yeah, the golden calf. Got it. Okay, so good. See, it's only two seconds, Dallas. It's worth it. Oh my gosh. But so John comes back and, and, and Jesus his follower, John's followers come to him because John's in prison at this point. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, tell them, tell them what you see. Uh, the blind see, the lame walk, uh, the deaf can hear, the lepers are healed, the dead are raised, and the poor are told good news. Mm-hmm. That's a great summary of Jesus' ministry. Yep. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's doing miracles. So yeah, speaking to, to your point, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. He, is he exercising his divinity at points? 100% he is. Yeah. yeah. So he's doing all these things, but ultimately too, I I love pointing at that list actually, Dallas and Luke six. Okay. Because I say, if you were to make a list of all the incredible things that Jesus does, how would you do it? Would you put the best first or the best last? And so I start walking through this list and I go, huh, the blind sea, is that a pretty big deal? That's a big deal. Yeah. All right. The the lame walk. Oh, that's a big deal too. Okay. Lepers healed. Yeah. I'm sure they thought it was all a right. really big deal. The deaf can, can hear. hear. The dead are raised. Hello. Bing, 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 bing. Probably biggest deal so far. And then the last one is, and the poor are told the good news. I love that. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I think today, so many people are like, okay, Jesus did all this fun stuff. We'd love to see that again, preacher. (laughs) Right. Right. And, And we find ourselves going, actually, Christians, telling people the good news is probably the greatest thing you can possibly do. Mm -hmm. And in what Jesus did because of who he is Mm -hmm. makes it a really, really big deal, the good news that that he has, right? Right, right. So, um, so we've got, you know, we've, we've been talking about he came, okay? We know what, we know what he's done. Uh, We um, need to know how that accumulate, how that that accumulated. Good. So we need to know the end of his ministry yes. and the the end of his earthly ministry um, and and why that is so significant. Good. All right. And so, oh, what a good lead in. Dallas, I love this. This is my, this is easily my favorite already. Okay. So he's teaching. Mm-hmm. He's preaching. Yep. He's doing miracles. 
And along the way, he's making enemies. Okay? And I love pointing this out because when I, friends, when I do, he came, he died, he rose, he ascended, he's coming back. Even today in class, I said, look, guys, when I go to he died, I let that start with the beginning of the week before he died. Okay? So I start with what we refer to in the Christian church as Holy Week. All right? Starting at the triumphal entry and going until his, his death. Okay? Right before his death, Dallas, this is so fun. I'm uh, so maybe I'm dating it for anybody that's listening and happens to be going to a funeral that I'm doing tomorrow morning, but I am in that funeral tomorrow morning. I am looking at the tomb of Lazarus Mm -hmm. for my thing. The event of Lazarus, and this is a little bit later in Luke, right? Our Mm -hmm. boy Luke, Luke 11, uh, is about a week before Jesus goes to Jerusalem for the final time. And it's a huge deal because, folks, if you don't know, right? Okay, widow of Nain's son being raised, kind of a big deal. Uh, Lazarus, even bigger deal. Because at this point, he's made so many enemies with the teachers because Mm -hmm. he's teaching the authority of God. He's teaching what God says. And the religious people are not cool They're hugely threatened by this. I mean, they're just, they're hugely threatened by this. And a big thing to hold in mind, right, is because they have power. Mm -hmm. They have control. Ooh, Dallas. Tell me. All my nerd moments. My sister watched one of our previous episodes yeah. and she goes, I had no idea you were such a nerd. Yes, like, we're such nerds. Thank this you. is good. So friends, this is, we've talked about the big picture. Mm-hmm. I like to do something else called the fuller picture. Okay. okay? So we got to do that with Bible class. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the Old Testament, basically to summarize for everybody, you go from this time of creation to they are a people. You got Abraham, uh, you got leading into the promised land. That's the goal. So Joseph and his brothers end up in Egypt at the Mm -hmm. end of Genesis. You get uh, the people of God in slavery in Egypt then. That's the next appearance they make. 400 years. For for a very long time. And then you have Moses leads them out of that back to the promised land. Mm -hmm. And this is where most people go, oh, this is where it's going to get confusing. And I'm like, friends, that's actually so much simpler. The people want to be like every other nation. So they ask for kings. At the start, he doesn't give it to them. He gives them judges to lead the people. Then you do get kings and prophets, and we think there's like hundreds and thousands of years of kings. It's actually pretty simple. You got Saul. King Saul, first king. You got David. Good King David. You got Solomon. Mm -hmm. Good wise Solomon. Good wise Solomon. After Solomon, he has two sons, Jeroboam and Rehoboam, split the kingdom. Okay, not civil war, but split the kingdom of Israel into two. And that's when things go haywire. I mean, these kings are chasing after idols. They're chasing after false gods. They're doing all the wrong things. They're completely far away from the design that God made clear in the desert to his people uh, with the Ten Commandments, so on and so forth. So, and eventually God gets tired of it. Okay, after all these kings, God gets tired of it and he allows for Assyrians to come in and then the big one, the Babylonians to come in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so friends, to summarize, we got Genesis and the whole book that leads to Egypt the Exodus, we get to the promised land, we have kings, the kings mess it up. Right. That's, that's the summary of half the Old Testament. Half right the now. Old Testament is, yeah. And then we go into exile. Yep. Darkest chapter of Israel's history. And they go back, right? They come back. And this is where it all ties in because I know okay. your brain is going, Pastor like, Lee, what are you what doing? Is do- yeah, come on. When they come back mm-hmm. during the exile, God's glory left the temple. Yes. Right? That whole time God was so with his people the entire time. Yep. God's glory leaves the temple. And they come back and all the Jews go, oh, I know. We just didn't do all the right things the right way. 
And so we didn't, I, I always joke around, it's, we didn't stand up and sit down at the right times, right? So they come together and it's a beautiful picture that can be appreciated of they come to gather together as God's people after the exile. They read the whole Old Testament aloud together and say, we're going to do everything right again. Mm-hmm. And guess what, Dallas? Mm-mm. They don't. They don't. They don't. But y'all, this is where, so you you and I appreciate a pastor named John Cordray. I, we do. Yeah, I went into Cordray's office. He was a pastor here with us, for those that don't know. And then he left. <laughs> yep. Well, he went to go be he, senior yes, pastor. He's doing he a great did, job. And he's doing a fantastic but job he at his my, church. He was my supervisor pastor when I got here. So I remember in one of my first years, the people that brought the people of God together after the exile, this is the, the books, Ezra and Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. And I went to Pastor John's office because for whatever reason, I was doing something with the youth and we were going to be studying Nehemiah. It was a terrible illustration that someone suggested. It was to, anyways, I was looking into it and I said, John, Nehemiah, mm-hmm. good guy or bad guy? And he goes, good question. Because John had been doing like a walk through the Bible series. Like, so I knew he knew these things. Y'all, Nehemiah got mad at people for not following the rules the right way. And that's why God doesn't love us anymore. And blah, 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 blah. So he like beat people up. He ripped their hair He's out. a bully. Please don't be like Nehemiah. All this to say, here's the connection. God doesn't show up again for 400 years. Yeah. And he shows up in the person of? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So friends. Jesus the Christ. It makes sense. These religious leaders. Would be concerned. Pharisees are all concerned about the rules and the stand-up sit-down because for about 400 years, that was the leading culture and the leading idea. And they were in control of that. And you got Jesus that literally burst onto the scene and he shakes all of that up. Because he says, it's not about your behavior. It's about my behavior. Mm -hmm. It's about what I'm going to To do. do. See? Okay, good. Good. Yes, yes. Very good tie-in. So, now then, bring us back to... Tomb of Lazarus is where we were. Mm-hmm. Right happens right outside of Jerusalem. We've talked about Lazarus and him being super dead. Super he was in dead. the tomb That's four right. days. Smell, he was, smelly yep, dead. Yep. Smelly dead. And so this is right. This is Bethany right outside, right before the week. And even Jesus' disciples after, when Jesus says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to go to Judea, sorry, that southern region. The disciples say, no. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. These religious leaders want to yeah. kill him. They said, if they do that, you're gonna, they're going to stone you. And he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Jesus clarifies. And they say, okay, well, let's go and die with him. And it's so fun. Like Thomas, of all people, says this. And you're like, is he talking about die with Lazarus or, or die, die with, with Jesus. Jesus? Because of what's expected. Then this beautiful, incredible thing plays out. Lazarus is raised. You're right next to Jerusalem where all these leaders are. And then within a week or so, mm-hmm. you're, you've got what we call the triumphal entry. You've got us entering into Jerusalem. Jesus is being celebrated as this huge leader that's come to overthrow Rome. Rome. Which is so funny, though, because we've talked about like that word Messiah and Christ and what they expected, like the military leader like David. And Jesus shows us in what he did and how he did things. Yeah. He wasn't coming to overthrow a political authority. No, he was not. He was coming to make himself known. And available. Yes. And Mm -hmm. access. Absolutely. Because eventually, friends, Jesus teaches in that week in the temple, he's making even more enemies than he's ever made. Because all the rulers want to, and it gets to the point that like by Wednesday of the week or even Tuesday, Tuesday of that week, the the leaders are going, we got to kill him. We got to get rid of him. We got to get, rid, gotta of get him. rid of him. He is upsetting the entire apple cart and and nobody's going to listen to us. They're all going to be fanatical and they're going to follow him. 
and we've got to do something because their their um, position, their status, their livelihood, the lifestyle that they have been accustomed to for hundreds of years, the comfort, okay, the yeah. comfort yeah. was all in jeopardy. I mean, it literally hanging by a thread on this one man. Yeah, and I want to pause here, Dallas, because a joke I like to make okay. uh, is like I'm sitting here, if, friends. If you're listening closely enough, what we're saying is there was political fighting mm-hmm. and a grab for power and control, and very likely with both of those, mm-hmm. money. Oh, I'm sure. So yeah. I always like to say, Dallas, I am so sorry. The Bible is just not relevant for, for us today. today. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. somewhat plan on anybody that's had Dr. Reed Lessing. Like he did a similar thing for the Old Testament with us because then Old Testament, Old Testament God, you get into other worldly things that are really explicitly addressed mm-hmm. there. And he, I remember a very vivid class where he said, I'm so sorry, the Old Testament is not relevant for us today. But that's the situation. Right. And so I hope, even if you're brand new, if you're, this is the first time you're sitting at the table, here is this Jesus who is God himself who has watched since the creation of time as his people just got it wrong mm-hmm. and kept going. And kept going in a wrong direction. Wrong direction because the, the, they really did think they, they just weren't good enough for God. Mm-hmm. And over and over and over again, all the way through scripture, and you see it fully in who Jesus is, yep. but, but also particularly in what he did. Right. That Jesus does everything because he loves us. That's the bottom line is out of love. And that you, that's hard to, it's hard to understand and comprehend like fully and internalize that. Um, But that's the most basic and simple explanation for all of this is that he did it because he loves us. Exactly. And that's maybe the hardest thing to wrap your mind around because if, if I don't love me, okay. Yes. If I don't even, if I can't wholly love myself in a complete way, how in the world is the creator of the universe, the creator of everything, exactly. going to be able to look at me and and not just love me or just be okay and tolerate me, but actually love me to the point of of death? And so we've got the person yeah. and work of Jesus. Okay, so we're going to get into you know he died yeah. and how he died and uh, and he rose again. And so we're, I think. And you can correct me if I'm if, if my my thought process is off, but you know, God looks at us through a veil, like a like a bridal veil. That and but when He sees us through that veil, that veil is actually Jesus. Sure. And so okay. we are um, manifested. We are made one with, with the, Jesus. One with Jesus. Yeah. And so it's not all of our sins and all of our mess and all of our gunk that God the Father sees. He sees the work that Jesus did to cleanse us and make us. Particularly with his death and resurrection. Right. And I just want to circle back to that. You're making such great points on the whole love thing, right? If mm-hmm. we can't love ourselves. But I think the other thing is, and maybe our listeners listeners will resonate with this, is we just don't see that kind of love in our world today. No. Sometimes it's hard to see in our own families. It's right? very hard. It's hard to see I mean, with our parents as yep. we're growing up, but it's there. It's mm-hmm. totally there. Um, but but also, you also have terrible examples of sometimes where it's not there, mm-hmm. right? And so this kind of love that you don't have to work for, that you don't have to do things for to earn. It, it's hard to comprehend. Especially, I would say for us, in, in, in the Western world. Oh, right? absolutely. So in the, we have to do things. You we have, have a very to, yes. American mindset of- Pull look, yourself up from your exactly. bootstraps. And, you know, if you can't- And that's why it's so crucial for us, like 
to keep that in mind is no, there's this thing called grace that's free and love mm-hmm. that is zero cost. And really and truly the only thing we could do is deny it. And we can right. get into that another time entirely, mm-hmm. but it's pointing us to the love that Jesus has for us that has no, uh, no strings attached. No strings attached. So yeah. we, we talked about on our, on our last episode, the two, two natures, Christianese, the two natures of Jesus. So we've got his humanity and we've got his divinity. And our position is that he's both. Simultaneously, he's both. So we are often met with questions, um, some genuine questions and some rather critical questions. Like if he was God, if he really was God, then why didn't he get himself off the cross? Why did he have to go through all of the things that he did? And that is, um, it's meant to be, some people mean it for, they're just curious. They're like, really, how, if he is God, why why did he stay up on the cross? This is a huge, I mean, why? I I tell tell folks like that's the word that starts most hard questions when it comes to anything in this world. I was about to say anything of faith. But anything in this world, mm-hmm. why, 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 why? Like, like a four-year-old, why? Exactly. Why? why? Go put your shoes on, why? Well, and like, at least for me, like when when someone does this, I like to point out like, like it's similar to the whole like uh, Jesus is a baby, Jesus is a teenager, Jesus mm-hmm. is a young adult. Like we could spend forever talking about things that we don't have the answer for. Right. Or we could spend time talking about what we do What know. we do know. And so I don't know why God chose to do it this way. And in this particular time, because think of how, think of how just degenerate society had, had, had gotten for, for the the fullness of time and that God tells us in Mm -hmm. the fullness of time, he sent his son, his one and only son into that particular point in time because humanity needed him most. And And, and And this is where like, I won't, I won't go into too many well, okay, we can go ahead and, and put the qualifier out there for little listeners, right? Because I know, especially as you talk about Jesus's death, mm-hmm. it's not something you're going to hear about in pre-K in, Sunday school. No, you're not going to hear about it on Sunday morning. But, I mean, but it's gruesome. Your, but to your point, like I mentioned, there was this 400 years of silence mm-hmm. from the time that the Israelites returned to the promised land after the exile to when Jesus showed up. And we call this the intertestamental period. And that's a fancy way of what happens between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Silence. And y'all, we don't have anything Mm-mm. in here that tells us what happened, but we do have history. history. Yep. And we think the world is wild today. Oh. We think the world is is worldly today. And again, I'm going to just hit that pause button if you got little ears going because I'm going to get into it. But like you had cults mm-hmm. of women, mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of virgins who would sacrifice an animal and put like the semen of the animal all over their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Or blood or other or blood. other bodily things. Like you had all these different just random cults all over all over Europe, all over the mm-hmm. world that were doing all these crazy, insane things. And so a lot of times we're like, Well, why wouldn't Jesus just come today for the first time? <laughs> because I was like, Well, he's probably coming uh, back for the second time today. We'll he, get to that. We could we could get him to come back today for the second exactly. time. That'd be great. Yeah. But like looking back, there's a reason why he came when he did. Yeah, no, he had a plan. See, God has a, we, we've talked about this too, that he is consistent and he has a plan exactly. and a purpose for everything. He doesn't do anything by happenstance. He doesn't do anything on accident. Um, he has, he can see 
all of time, Mm -hmm. not just from the beginning of time to now. He can see to the end of time. And that that helps, you know, put some certain things in into perspective. And could God have provided a way out of of us in our sin and in our <clears throat> our inability to get right with him and do the right thing? Could he have provided a different route other than the cross? Sure. Of course he could have. Yeah. He's God. But he chose this for his the, this is this is the 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 route that he chose to go. And I think there's a little bit of the mystery that is so alluring for us, right? Because it is not the way we would have done it, Mm-mm. right? We would have had, if we had our way, as as is as, as, uh, a, a testament in scripture, in the world, we would have chose force and power and brutality. Jesus chose to do it through service. He did. Through subjecting himself. Right. Through humiliation. Humiliation. Himself, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Right? Lowering himself. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and that's especially seen on the cross. Because again, contrast oh. the Sunday that he he rode in like a king to Jerusalem with crowds cheering him on because he was about palm to overthrow down, the Roman. Throwing coats down. And yep. I mean, just he was at the tri- that's what we call it the triumphal entry. To the Friday. And that a lot can happen in five days. Exactly. I mean, just a lot can happen in five days. Because at the center of that fullness of time that God can see, mm-hmm. we see the cross. Yeah, we do. And so, and it's there in the cross. And this is kind of fun. I mentioned Dr. Reed Lessing earlier. One of my favorite talks I've ever heard him do is actually, he. I don't think he was at the seminary anymore, but he talked about Isaiah 6. And Isaiah 6, so Isaiah is a prophet that was in that exile Isaiah 6 has this very ambiguous uh, description uh, of how he he looked up. He sees he's in the throne room of God. Mm-hmm. And, and what does that mean? What does it look like? We don't get all the details, but the angels, the they're crazy. It's, it's a, just a wild vision. And what Isaiah says is he looks up and he sees God high and lifted up. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, now, Reed Lessing is an Old Testament expert. Okay. I joke that he wrote some of it because of how much he spits out books all the time about what does all this mean. Well, in this whole big presentation, he's going through, going through like he normally does, giving us every Hebrew word he can think of and unpacking it so that anybody in the room can understand. And he basically says what he believes Isaiah saw in the throne room of God was Jesus high and lifted up on the cross. Mm. Exactly who God is and what he made himself to do. But this picture of a God who in his love— mm-hmm chose to humble himself, right. lower himself to go and do for us what we couldn't do mm-hmm. for ourselves, right? right? And this is where that this, uh, this picture of sacrifice, so there's a little bit of people need to understand that's what's happening here is that Jesus is atoning. Mm-hmm. He is a sacrifice for that's going to make way for a new creation. It's going to make way for life after death. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, right? Similar to what you said, could God have done it another way? Yeah. 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 But there's something also, because I think sometimes people do this. They say, well, he had to go to the cross. And I was like, no, he didn't have to. He didn't have to. He chose to, Mm -hmm. right? Because because God forgives sins. Because again, it's kind of going back into that whole like Old Testament, oh, we have to do it this way. We have to sacrifice. Right. And that's a process that they would have thought. Right. But there's also just this love for God that he has the whole way through. And there's just all these these consistencies being mm-hmm. carried out all the way through to the cross. So we've, in in some of our previous episodes, we've talked about the reliability of God yes. and the that not one word in, in this book is wasted. So yeah. if, <clears throat> if something is going to be duplicated, uh, 
if if words are mentioned more than once and if events are mentioned more than once, okay, that's kind of a big deal. It is. And so we've got the four gospels. We've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Out of those four gospels that discuss the the life and ministry of Jesus, there are only three events that are recorded in all four gospels. One of them, the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus, that was a big deal. I mean, that, and we can talk about that, yeah. but that on the board, because I've, there's there's sure, so yeah, much yeah. to unpack yeah. in that. But then you've got the crucifixion and the resurrection. Yep. Those, and it gives me chills thinking about it, but those, those three events are across all four gospels. Absolutely. And I want to just point out, it's because John's a Ravenclaw. That's why. There'd be a whole lot more connections if it weren't for John. But anyways. <laughs> Do not hate on my boy John. I'm not. I love me some John, but he's such a nerd. And that's okay. We're nerds too. So I are we. know. I know. And I have come to deeply appreciate the gospel of John. Yeah. But John is just completely different. So it's cool though, that though there's so many things that are different and there's so many things that John feels, but keep in mind, friends too, we talked about this a little bit on a previous episode. John was the one that lived the longest. He did. So John wrote his last, mm-hmm. and he is like he is old when this happens. Right. The other the other writers don't no, get that privilege. They didn't have that. They didn't have time yeah. to do that. They had to get it down, and they had to so get. Of course, John's so a little reflective. He's, he's in the Mediterranean world. Right. He's with all the Greek philosophers, and he's trying to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ. To exactly. Them exactly. Through the full lens of his whole life, mm-hmm. walking with Jesus. Yeah. So good, but the death of Jesus, right? So you have this. This picture, right? I'll go back to John the Baptist, his cousin. First thing he says when he comes on the scene is, uh, behold, the, the Lamb, Lamb of, of God, God who takes away the sin of the mm-hmm. world. So for our newbie here, uh, in the Old Testament, that was the practice. You went up to the temple or you went to the tabernacle because there was this practice of sacrifice to atone for, for your, your sins, sins, to wipe away your sins. Mm-hmm. So you would take an animal. Uh, Without blemish. And, yep. Yep, and and you would prepare it the way it was asked to prepare. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it gets really funny with all the little details and all the little rules and stuff like that. But this was the practice, right. even to the time of Jesus. Oh, yeah. So yeah. even through coming back through mm-hmm. all that, there was still this mindset of you have to do all these different things. It's a, a blood covenant. Good. It's a blood, Ooh, it's a blood covenant. To, we have to talk about covenant. Yeah. Okay. So covenant, defensify it. a word that it, means? Promise. Yes. But it's a it's a contract Good. between it's yeah. a contract between two parties. Good. And what's so fun is like the Hebrew word for how you would make a covenant is actually karat, which means to cut a covenant. Yep. And because, and again, little ears, I told you we were gonna get into some. It's crazy gonna be graphic. Things. Hit that pause button. Three, two, mm. one. Okay. In order to make a covenant, you had to take an animal. And cut it in half. Yeah, we see that in the Old Testament. Abraham. Separate the sides Mm -hmm. and then walk through. So if you and I, Dallas, were to make a covenant, a promise to each other, we would have done this. And then if either one of us broke that covenant, why we did it this way was let it let it be done to me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If if I break this, let me be like this animal. Right. Cut in half. Right. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Little little graphic, little dramatic. Absolutely. Right. So there's some sacrifice involved, but it's a, it's a really strong covenant. It's right. a really strong promise. There's, there's, I mean, it's, it's blood. Yeah. It, you, it, yeah. Yeah. I think of like, I'm thinking of like the movie Tom and Huck where they like sign it in blood mm. or even like the newer uh, Harry Potter. Uh, the, oh, the, the four. The Wizarding uh, World. What is the, the Fantastic Beast? Fantastic Beast. Where they beast. make a blood and then you have the oh, other do, blood. Oh, they do, but then you've in, got, uh, you've in, got the, the, 
the games in the four, the Goblet of Fire. Sure. Okay, so that's a blood thing between Harry and Voldemort. Oh, sure, yeah. So it's, it's but you see this all the way through. In any, yeah. any, any life stories and all these mm-hmm. other things, that's kind of a big deal. So there's also this big deal in Jesus, right? He dies in our place. We yeah. would say he's taking on the sins of the world, but he's also in that moment. And this is I just, another professor I loved, uh, Rev Rossow. Uh, Rev Rossow told us, he, he had this phrase, full literal gospel. And what he means by that is when you talk about the cross, it's not just that, and this is so huge for our newbie. It is not just that Jesus took a bullet for you, Mm-mm. right? A lot of times that's why we talk. Jesus died for me. That's a whole lot of it. It's not that he just died for you. It's that Jesus took on the full consequence of your sin there on the cross. Right. And what is the full consequence of our sin? This word that we get terrified of, hell, mm-hmm. right? And when, I, and when people ask me what hell is, my greatest definition is complete separation, separation from, from God, God. right? Yep. There on the cross, Jesus says, words you and I will never have to say, he's quoting the Psalms, mm-hmm. my God, my God, why, why have you, you forsaken, forsaken me? me? Yep. Right? So he is there fully, literally, not figuratively, right. experiencing complete separation from the Father. Mm-hmm. Complete separation from himself. It's kind of a weird one. We'll, we'll talk about it. But so that you and I will never have to. Right. Right? And so that's why the, the crucifixion is such a big deal. And it wasn't pretty. No, it, it wasn't pretty. And I am... Um, there's so many things to to get into with the crucifixion that this particular episode could go on for days. Yeah, and so we may need we may need to break it, break it up, and and so that we can devote some time to sure, the to sure, the crucifixion sure. and then the resurrection. Yeah, and why why and how that was such a big deal, so that we don't in the in the interest of. Oh yeah, smashing things let's, together. But let's keep let's keep the the high level view, right? Because right. we got he came, yep, uh, and then we're in he died, he died. All right, and all four gospels record it. And yep. again, we're taking on he's he is literally taking our consequences our of consequences, sin. The wages of sin is death, which eternal is eternal death. Awful. Yeah. I mean, it just you want a physical. You know, we have uh, we you know in a in an age of true crime podcast and documentaries and whatnot. Um, what we what we see allow into our living rooms and onto our phones and our screens pales so nothing in comparison to, yeah. to how good the Romans were at killing people. Sure, experts. And, and just exacting an incredible amount of torture. I mean, to the point that there wasn't a word until the 1500s to adequately explain what Jesus felt on the cross. Good. And that, that word is excruciating, yeah. which means out of the cross, yeah. that there wasn't even a word to explain all of the things that, that all of the feelings, because you've got, you've got emotional, you've got psychological, you've got the physical, all of the things yeah. that, because along he's with in, the spiritual, along with the spiritual gospel that yes. he's experiencing hell, right? Yes. So you have all of this coming into play. All four of the gospels are recording this yep. because it's such a pivotal moment of history, history, uh, right at the center of it. And you have this why question. Why? All why? because he wanted to make known who he was. Yeah. He was willing to go through all of that. For uh, us. For us. For so us. So that we do not have to no. experience the fullness of all of that. Now, right. this, I mean, granted, like you were getting into some of the physical details. Plenty of the people that followed Jesus in the early days. And, and still today, we, yeah. have we have martyrs for the good news of Jesus yep. Christ. 
And so they're willing to go to that. But there's this beautiful thing that happens on the third day. Mm. He rises again. Yeah. And this is and, and this is where it's so important to talk about how this isn't some guy. No. This isn't a man. No. This isn't Gandhi. This isn't MLK taking a bullet, right? Which is Which, super important and very super important profound. for for the world. Right. Yes. Yeah. But those those two men can't give me eternal rest. Right. They cannot absolve me. Big word. They cannot forgive yeah. my sins, sins that I don't even know I do. That they're because we're so we've you know we're so infected with this with this sin disease Good. that we don't even know. And I'm realizing, when we're, okay, what's the big deal about sin? It separates us from God. Yeah. God is perfect. God is holy. God is other. Right. And, uh, and he can have nothing to do. If he really is a good God, mm-hmm. he can have nothing to do with sin. So he, again, what like you go to the why. The or, why. Or why didn't God, the yeah. other kind of thing, if he's really a good God, then like, uh, why does he, why does he punish sin? I mean, honestly, why does he, why does he care? Why doesn't he just let us do what we want to do? Because we were very good and now we're very broken. Yeah. Go back to big picture. Yeah. But then two, what kind of a loving God would say just because, and I won't Dallas, just because I want to slap Dallas, right? That <laughs> do would be harmful. you know how many people want to do that? That's so funny. <laughs> but like that would be harmful. Right. right. So sin is destructive. It is destructive. So God doesn't like sin. God nope. doesn't like the things that, that harm or hurt other people. And so what kind of a good God would just let that happen? So we for eternity. Right. And yeah. and God loves us exactly the way that we are. Like in our sin, okay, in in the mess that we are in, he loves us just as we are. But he loves us too much to leave us in this condition. Exactly. Which kind of goes back to the garden, right? Right. So you have the whole uh don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. But and then also this tree of life, right? Mm-hmm. And so some people say like, uh, well, why didn't he let them eat from the tree of life? Well, because if they would have eaten, the, 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 the word that we get is you would live forever. Mm-hmm. Well, if they would have eaten from the tree of life after they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then this sinful state would be forever. Forever. And that's not merciful. That's not Mm-mm. loving, right? Mm-hmm. So, but thankfully he did something about it. He did. Jesus came into this world. He died. And then it's not just him raising someone else. No, he rose raises himself. himself on the third day. Again, why? To show you this is who he said he was. That's right. This the the grave doesn't yeah, have power. the ultimate power. Good. And it does feel like that, especially in light of, you know, you're a pastor. So you do funeral services and, and you counsel people that are, that are going through grief. And it feels very final. Yeah. I mean, it just on this side, on this side of of eternity, death feels very final. And a lot of the the scripture verses that we hear at funerals is Psalm twenty three. Sure. So, um, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Mm-hmm. And those words are comforting because if uh, if you're in a shadow, mm-hmm. there's light somewhere around you. Well, and I always point out the word through through. Through. It's not stopping. No, there. you don't stop. You keep going, and and he's going to be with you through that. And it is a shadow. It's not um, even. I don't want to say that it's not real. It, it's very real, but it is something that, that can go. Away that can go away. Yeah, it's not a because of the light, thing, right? And so that's why the Easter passages mm-hmm. are so 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 crucial for me. And I love again the different perspectives because all four of the writers do something a little bit different. Yes, they do. So uh, Matthew, you've got the women, you've got the angels, you've got the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so Jesus, y'all, he doesn't just rise and then oh, see ya. 
Like he spends 40 days with his disciples. Right. And each one of these gospel writers picks up on different moments. Mm-hmm. And I love how John, your boy John. My boy John. Uh, will tell you. He said, I could have filled books yeah. with all the stuff that And there did, wouldn't be enough. But I wrote these things down mm-hmm. so that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ. Right? right. That's what he says. Well, then Mark, right? Mark is very, I love the ending of Mark. The, the one that we know Mark wrote where it's just this picture of, a centurion, right? Again, an outsider, an outsider coming to faith and saying, truly, this man was the son of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke, Luke's going to give you the Emmaus road. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you uh, uh, the peace be with you. He's going to give you the ascension, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of a big deal. Uh, Matthew, or sorry, John then is going to give you all sorts of things. He's going to give you the women. He's going to give you the Thomas encounters and the doubts, the seeing the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. Right. We've talked about that on the podcast already. Uh, he's going to give you the restoration of Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all of this. And so all of these guys are pointing to the fact of this. This is why we can't stop talking about Jesus. Because at his resurrection, we finally see this is who he is. This is who he said he was for three years. So he did really incredible things for three years in broad daylight of for everybody, the whole world to see. But what he did in three days yeah. is it it... it overshadows, it surpasses, it just is is undeniable. Yep. Undeniable. And then again, spending time and 40 then spending days 40 with days his, yeah. with, with his disciples. Before he ascends, right? right? So so folk, folks interested in reading for themselves, like Luke 24, you've got the ascension, just a brief one. And then Luke picks up his narrative in Acts. In Acts, which is so funny, right? Another what if or why. Like, all right, that's kind of a big deal. Why didn't Matthew, Mark, or John put the ascension. Well, we don't know. Don't but know. Luke does. Luke, Luke does. wants everybody to know mm-hmm. this. And so you have at the beginning of Acts, you have this continuing uh, of this moment because Luke also wrote Acts. So you have this continuing moment about the resurrection and then where it goes from there. The movement. And then all of a sudden, the rest of the writings we get in the New Testament just make total sense because they can't stop talking about this Jesus who died and rose again. And it's not just the writers of the New Testament as we covered in one of the early episodes. The world can't stop talking. The world cannot stop talking about this. I think that's a good place to pause. Sure. Um, and then on our next episode, we can go a little bit deeper into his death, resurrection, and ascension. I know, because you can't wait to get into the death stuff. I, I can't. love it. I can't. Dallas loves the gruesome death stuff. I, I just think it's really interesting. I'm like, well, it's so funny. We were joking before, Helen, like everybody's seen the Talladega Nights, right? I, yeah. I like six pound. Eight ounce. Eight ounce. Baby, baby Jesus. Jesus. Still learning, watching his baby Einstein videos. I like teenage Jesus. You know, yeah. all this. And, I, and you're, mm-hmm. I like. I like gruesome Jesus. Crucified gruesome Jesus. I, I like do. risen Jesus. I, I like, like risen Jesus. Jesus. I like all, I like all gets, of it. I like table you know, flipping Jesus too. So. <laughs> that's um, so funny. I do. I do. Next episode, the many faces of Jesus. Right. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so fun, right? But because I think I think we need to talk about those things because that is for the average, you know, person that if you've not studied it, it you know, why is it such a big deal? And it still goes back to that why question, why and how. And and those are things that in order to move forward with with the rest of the story, Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, we need to know those details. That was one that went over my head. I don't know anything about Paul Harvey. So like I'm, I'm going to educate him when the podcast is over for our <laughs> listeners. All right. So today we've one. covered, right? Like, again, we're talking about what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. We've definitely kind of broad stroked it yeah. of, of what he did in his ministry. Yep. Miracles, teaching, preaching, making known who he is and yep. what, who God is, right? From the beginning of time, that's all God wanted. You have the significance of his death. 
uh, the significance of his resurrection, of yep. why we're still talking about him, why any of the words that he says to us matter, matter period, right. is because of who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we're going to get to keep on and wrap up the conversation about the fullness of particularly death, resurrection, and, and ascension. The fact that he's coming that he back. He is coming back. Yeah, he, he ascended he's and he's coming back. He is coming back. Absolutely. So, uh, wow. friends, if you wow. love this at all, I know you're like, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. That was right? a lot. I highly recommend that you listen to these podcasts at least twice because we <laughs> we do talk uh, uh, about a lot of different things sure. and, and we move kind of quickly on some of these things and uh, and it might make more sense the second time around. Gotcha. So well, and and I'm always about just promoting having the conversation. Yeah. Like again, it's our hope that maybe you're the one sitting here that mm-hmm. is like this is your first time. If you have questions, I love questions. Yep. If you just want to share this episode with someone else, or maybe you're just listening to it because you're like, I genuinely just want to know what the Bible says about things. Hopefully you've heard a little bit about where you can go to find some answers when you turn to the scriptures or when you go to ask questions. But y'all continue the conversation. If you appreciate it, give us a like, give us a subscribe, uh, give us a review, whatever that is, right? Share the episodes, find us on Facebook. You can Mm -hmm. look up What's the Word Podcast. We're there. Uh, you can find us on YouTube with the Trinity Podcast. Yep. I, it's really cool that you're just joining us for this conversation. And uh, we appreciate it. And hey, we'll we'll close with a prayer here in a second. And then uh, we'll be able to see you here in a few weeks. So let's, let's take this into God's hands. Hey, Lord, we just thank you for uh, today. Lord, we thank you once again for the power that is your word as it moves in our, our hearts and our lives. Lord, and as, as it has stood the test of time to bear witness to who you are, Uh, particularly, Lord, in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for humility. We thank you for your service. Lord, we thank you for your willingness uh, to take on flesh, uh, to show us the fullness of who you are and the significance of what it is that you are doing. And Lord, you're still doing something. You're still in the work of trying to make all things new, um, both, Lord, in just situations in our lives right now, but also in the grand scheme of history. So, Lord, we look forward to you being back soon. Uh, Lord, we won't mind at all if it's any day now. Uh, But Lord, help us. Help us to continue to trust in you, learn from you, listen to you, uh, and take your word to heart. Let it be rooted in our hearts that we could glorify you in everything we think, everything that we say, and everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next time. Next time.